The Cypher Film Podcast. And welcome to the Cyphora Film Podcast. I'm Andy Walker, and I am here once again with my son Scott. Hello, Scott. Hello there. How art thou? How art thou? How art thou? Have you been reading Shakespeare again? Nah. <laughs> I'm alright. I've realised though that I'm, I might need to like obviously for anyone that doesn't there's only listening to us this is not gonna matter but if they're watching this that i've realized that i need to move where i'm sitting because where i sit underneath the light in my in front room i look like i've got a very weird halo because of the silver hair i've got hey law it, it's, it's disturbing i don't worry about it i seem to have five or six reflections in my glasses i didn't know what's going on um so yes here we are uh this is and will be and therefore am another ep episode and i don't know what i'm talking about now so this episode instead of doing shorts and feature and all that sort of thing we're actually doing a comparison yes. uh, between two films uh the original film and a remake do you know what i didn't think you were going to explain that then because we're going to do a comparison between the two films I, I, yeah, I don't know. just two two different films we're doing a comparison between 2001 and nightmare on elm street <laughs> that would be a cool comparison no that is it's a very weird comparison even though it's the same film the time space time yeah. space the time gap i mean to say <sighs> right. so shall we start off with the first one and then we can go on to the second one afterwards once we've done the first one that's normally how things work. Logical way of doing it. That's normally how things work. <laughs> okay, we'll try that then. So we're going to do a comparison between two different versions of the film The Crazies. And we're going to start off with the 1973 version of The Crazies, uh, which was directed by George A. Romero, uh, who did some shorts and TV work in the 60s, 70s, 90s, and 2000s and all that sort of thing now uh um these are these are things i don't know what i'm talking about. he also wrote the story for this uh the original story for this so uh these are all films that he either directed or uh wrote well he wrote and directed or just wrote whatever anyway something to do he was part of somehow was, yeah somehow wrote or directed or something i can't my yeah he, he he turned up one day on set when you're right yeah right this <laughs> don't ask me but we'll start off we'll start off with um we'll start off with night of the living dead in 1968 uh don't, don't start right um season of the witch 1972 uh the amusement park in 1975 
1976, Dawn of the Dead 1978, Show 1982, Day of the Dead 1985, Monkey Shines in, oh no, sorry, Creepshow 2 in 1987, Monkey Shines in 1988, um, Two Evil Eyes in 1990, uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie in 1990, uh, The Dark Half 1993, Bruiser in the year 2000, Land of the Dead 2007, Diary of the Dead 2007, Survival of the Dead in 2009, um, he also wrote, he also used his original story in that for Night of the Living Dead, the remake, which was done in 1990, and the Dawn of the Dead remake in 2004, and the Day of the Dead remake in 2008. Um, and this film, and The Crazies, which was done in 2010, and uh, a film called Another Light of Night of the Living Dead in 2011. So, did you, you say there was a theme with the stuff that he used to enjoy being part of? <laughs> yes. Uh, right, okay. The other writer was uh, Paul McCulloch. Now, I don't know anything that this guy's done apart uh, apart from this because uh, the, there's no information about him at all on IMDb. No, it seems... I did look up some other things and it, he, if he has done anything, he's not wanted his name put to a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's strange. Um, so, on to the cast. Uh, Lane Carroll, the main cast, um, did absolutely nothing that would be of any interest to us at all. Um, Will McMillan did some TV and short stuff in the 80s, 90s, 2000s and 2010s. He was in the films Christmas Evil in 1980 and Monarch of the Moon in 2005. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, then we have Harold Wayne Jones, who did some TVs and shorts in the 1970s and no films that we'd be interested in at all. Uh, then Lloyd Holler, who did nothing we'd be interested in at all. Then we have Lynn Lowry. Now, Lynn Lowry did some TVs and short stuff in the 2000s, 2010s and 2020s. She was in the films I Drink Your Blood in 1971, but she was uncredited. Uh, Shivers, 1975, Cat People, 1982, Beyond the Dunwich Horror, 2008, Schism, 2008, George's Intervention, 2009, Basement Jack, 2009. She was also in The Crazies in 2010. Uh, she was, yeah, she was in Spirit in 2010, Next Door in 2010, The Super in 2010, The Theatre Bazaar in 2011. I Spill Your Guts in 2012. Love these titles. The Haunting of Wally House in 2012. Uh, the Trouble with Barry in 2013, <laughs> which is a great title. I really want to know what that's about. Uh, Mondo Sacramento 2 in 2013. <laughs> Ombis Alien Invasion in 2013. Trash-tastic in 2013. Ovulation in 2013, Torture Chamber 2013, My Stepbrother is a Vampire in 2013, The Legend of Six Fingers in 2013, Mostly Dead in 2014, uh, A Grim Becoming in 2014. Um, hang on, I've got to turn the page. Is that really... 
that many. She hasn't done that many films. It's just the titles from went on forever. Dead Girls in 2014, Volumes of Bloods 2015, Blood Brothers 2015, Whispers 2015, Pretty Fine Things 2016, Terror Tales 2016, Model Hunger 2016, Ditch Day Massacre 2016, Trinity 2016, Hell's Kitty 2018, Odessa della Morte in 2018, Exposure 2018, Last American Horror Show 2018, Cynthia 2018, Like a Shadow 2019, Those Who Deserve to Die 2019, Headless Entanglement 2019, Rabid in 2019, which she was uncredited in, Necropolis Legion in 2019, Hematic Web in 2020, Sky Sharks 2020, there's no such thing as zombies in 2020. Death Care 2020. Brimstone Creek Road 2021. <laughs> Hell of the Screaming Undead in 2021. Last American Horror Show Volume 2 2022. What Have You Done, Daniel in 2022. He Knows in 2022. Uh, Bloody Hooker Massacre in 2022. And Fang in 2022. <laughs> There's at least three or four of those that sound like they should be death metal bands, like Hematic <laughs> Web and Headless Entanglement. Pretty sure a couple of them were tribute, tribute bands. Uh, then we have uh, Richard Liberty, who was in uh, The Final Countdown in 1980, Day of the Dead 1985, and Flight of the Navigator in 1986. Oh. <laughs> Then uh, Richard France, who was in Night of the Living Dead in 1968, but he was uncredited. Uh, Dawn of the Dead in 1978, Vortex in 1982, and Graveyard Shift in 1990. So that's as far as I got through the, the, the cast. You probably got cramp after writing well, all <laughs> A lot of the other people that are in it really aren't in it. They're just like... Yeah, there's, there's only like main cast in it for like probably about five or six, really. Yeah. So the synopsis for this film says the military attempts to contain a man-made combat virus that causes death and permanent insanity in those infected as it overtakes a small Pennsylvania town. Death and permanent insanity. Yeah, it, they're permanently insane. But they're dead. But they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a very strange thing to say to me, but there you go. Yeah. Now, this is, I've got to say, this is one of the few George A. Romero films I've never seen. I've seen, oh, this is the, this is the bit that makes, the, I've seen the original, just the next, obviously the other one, not the original, sorry, the remake, which is obviously the other one, but, but right. I haven't seen this one. I didn't even know that this was actually, it I, was a remake. I knew, I knew that he'd done this, but it was one of the, one of his few films that I'd never, I've never seen. So I thought, oh, this, this could be an interesting one to do, because I hadn't seen the remake. Yeah. And I hadn't never seen the original. Um I really like the story, the idea. The film suffers a bit because of its age, really, I think, more than anything. The thing thing for me the most the, the biggest thing about it is the fact that the fake the fake blood looks like paint. red paint. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks like somebody poured red paint on things. Uh just that was quite funny actually, especially sort of <laughs> just the 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 
it was more the blood slap, the, the gunshots when people were getting shot, because every single one, no matter where they were getting shot, seemed to explode on their back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, we, we have the thing is that these guys were obvious, some of these guys were obviously forerunners of the uh, the stormtroopers from Star Wars because again they were they were standing about two foot away from people firing and missing. Which oh yeah, it's the it's the amount of shots that they fired off that sort of I know that obviously a lot of them are using like they look like sort of AKs and stuff like that, but there seemed to be a lot of shots fired off for like one person. Yeah. Okay. It's just like there's six six of you firing them. You don't need to fire a like a whole clip at them. No. That's... I mean some of the actor, acting is, is more than a little bit hammy, to be honest. Yeah, it's, I think it's it's another thing. Like you said, though, it's the, I think it's more the the age of it sort of shows that up quite well. I think it's just... Yeah. It's, it was a very good... I, I was looking at it sort of purely on the fact of like what it would have been like watching it at a time when it came out. And it must have been, especially for a lot of things over in the States, because it was going on the times where there was a lot of government cover-ups and yeah. they were there was a lot of the sort of 70s times where a lot of like the whole nuclear war and weaponry and everything like that so it must have been a bit of a an odd film to come out of that time i think yeah well i mean that's the thing there were a lot of there were a lot of people who were who had a lot of anti-government feeling and a lot of things and a lot of people were worried about like nuclear war and about chemical warfare and that kind of thing so this sort of came out of that. It was, one thing I would say I did think was really good was it kind of it did really well that the the, the kind of feeling almost of like claustrophobia of, of banding people together, the soldiers pushing people together and pushing yeah. them into the crowd. It really kind of like felt oppressive. Like having the camera right in amongst the people. Yeah, got that really well. It was. It was I think. Really well I think. Yeah, I agree. Some of the shots, especially when later on when they're in the school, and the, they're in the classrooms, I think were yeah. very well done. You sort of seeing a lot of people crammed into the classrooms and to the rooms, and the camera in there, and see, but also sit being at a for the extras, but showing portrays the different stages of this infection. You go from like being scared to obviously having the manicness and the the, yeah. um, the sort of psychotic bits, and then obviously later on you see the deaths and stuff like that. But I think that it was very well done, and some of the acting for the people that you see proper close up of how they mm. react and what had happened to them, especially for the beginning sort of effects where you see the the dad turning and sort of his his descent and then the sort yeah. of what he was liking when the sort of they turned up and one thing i would say which i noticed i thought was quite <laughs> strange in a way was there was this thing of like people standing about a foot or two away from somebody but feeling the need that they had to shout everything <laughs> yeah because it's such an urgent thing i've got to shout I think what I, what I liked about this one as well is the fact that it was the the hero of the story of the film is yeah. isn't just this sort of gun toting American or ex army. He was he yeah he was ex ex Green Beret, but he was he was very sort of conscious of what was going on. It looked like he was suffering. 
from what like obviously now we know as PTSD and stuff like that. But it's all yeah. you could it could see that in the film that that was a fault that they had gone through. Yeah. From when he was firing and what his reactions were to all the gunfire and what he was like then when he was shooting as well. And it just sort of you could see the sort of that's that imagery as well as everything else that was going on. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean the thing about this film for me is that there was too much about it that wasn't um it it didn't go into the story enough for me in some place with a lot of things. So you were kind of left with a feeling of like, well, I'm not sure that it makes any sense or what that, what that yeah. actually works for me because I don't quite understand why they're doing that or what, what that's all about. Uh, and I know part of that's meant to be because of the fact they're going to give you the same feeling as the, 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 the people in the, in the town. Yeah. You, know, you, you don't know what's going on. But I think for me, the biggest thing with it was the ending of it was a little bit kind of ambiguous because it didn't tell you exactly what happened. No, it's, it, I think, yeah, it, it seemed very abrupt as well. It sort of yeah. just, it ended. Obviously, if, obviously, you got to listen to the radio thing a bit clear and it says the fact that he did get out and he was going to another town. But it's a sort of, even that, it's a sort of, the way that it ended with like the soul. The sort of the look that the two gave each other for a star, and yeah, then the, yeah. the captain or the sergeant or major, whatever he was, then coming out, stripping down and getting into a helicopter. And I was just yeah, like, yeah. So, what? What's what's gonna happen? Uh, and it just sort of, I don't know, it just sort of felt very abruptly I mean, ended. It, yeah, I mean, I think it, it kind of works with the rest of the film because there's a lot of the rest of the film that isn't explained. So, with that not being explained, it kind of works in with that, but it, it doesn't really. It's not hugely satisfying and everything for the yeah. end. And I mean, I liked the film. I thought it was a good film. Um, apart from the obvious, you know, the, as we say, the age of it, you know, because of the age of it, the, the effects and things like that. But I wasn't kind of blown away by it. It, it didn't have the same effect on me as it did as when the first time that I saw things like, you know, when I saw Night of the Living Dead and, and mm. um, some of his other films like Martin and things like that, you know, I, I just kind of like they really they really stood out for, for different things. Yeah, I think I, I agree. Yeah, it's sort of it's like obviously I've seen a lot like the original Night and Living Dead and then obviously the remakes of done of them, and it, I agree. It's it's a it's a good film, but it's not one that I would say yeah, it's definitely a top ten for his no. work. I think I think it's 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 a really good story, and and the interesting thing about it is that I've seen this this idea and this story done again since then by other people in different mm. ways. You yeah, know, the idea of the of the sort of uh, government sort of produced virus or weapon or you know chemical weapon yeah. getting out and that kind of thing, and and it and it kind of you know, then what the government reaction to it is. So that's been done a few times in different films, and, and it, but. Um, and then so he kind of, I think this was probably the first one. Yeah, I've, I've, I don't know, maybe, it, I there might have been a couple in the 60s, but... It's definitely the first one, I think, that stood out. Yeah. And I don't know whether or not that's because of the fact it's, it's Giorgio Romero's work or if the fact it was just the fact that at the time it was that, so it stood out because of what was going on. But yeah. it's definitely what the first one I can think of that definitely made an impact. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go on to the remake 2012 uh, sorry 2010 version of the crazies this was directed by breck eisner 
Uh, he did some TV and short work in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. And he made, apart from The Crazies, which was his first feature film, he also made The Last Witch Hunter in 2015. And okay. Uh, writers, Giorgio Romero, as we've said before, uh, and he was also one of the producers of this film. Okay. And uh, the other writers we've got uh, Scott Kozar, who did some TV short and short stuff in the 2010s and 2020s. Uh, he seems to have made a thing out of rewriting old old films because the other two films he, he did were the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in, 20, in 2003 and the Amityville Horror in 2005. Well, if you've got a masterpiece, so you can do plagiarise it as well. Uh, then we got uh, Ray Wright, who did some TV short stuff in the twenty in the two thousands and twenty tens, and who also wrote uh, Pulse in two thousand and six and Case Thirty Nine in two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. Now the cast for this, uh, we've got Timoth- Timothy Timothy Oli- Oliphant, not Timothy Elephant. Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Elephant. Related to Nelly the Elephant. <laughs> Timo the Elephant. Timothy Oliphant. They did some TV and short stuff in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. He was in Scream 2 in 1997, Dreamcatcher in 2003, and I Am Number 4 in 2011. Yeah. I must admit, the thing I remember seeing him most, especially most recently, was uh, Santa Clarita Diet, which was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he, he, he seen, he, he's done a lot of work in a lot of comedy stuff and a lot of other things, but for horror-wise and all that, I do agree with you. The, the Santa Clarita Diet is probably one of the best things I've seen him in. Absolutely. Then we have uh, Radhar Mitchell, who did some TV and short stuff in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Now, I didn't realise who, who she was when watching this, to be honest, until I read through who she'd been in before. Uh, she was in Pitch Black in the year 2000, Visitors yep. in 2003, Silent Hill in 2006, Rogue 2007, Surrogates in 2009, Silent Hill Revelation 2012, The Darkness in 2016. She was in a film called Dreamcatcher in 2020, but unlike the one that Timothy Oliphant was in, which is spelt with a C, this one is spelt with a K. <laughs> Completely different films, I would add as well. Yes. Uh, then Girl at the Window in 2022 and Devil's Workshop in 2022. Uh, we have Joe Anderson did some TV and short stuff in the 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. He was in Creep in 2004. Now, that is not the one that we watched about the uh, that- guy making a documentary about like that was the one that was actually set on uh the, underground. on the tube yeah on the tube yeah and the underground with the the very weird creatures yes uh it was in silence becomes you in 2005 the ruins in 2008 <laughs> the twilight saga breaking dawn in 2012 <laughs> horns 2013 abattoir 2016 the reckoning in 2020 and the devil's conspiracy into in, uh, sorry the devil conspiracy in 2022 uh, then we have danielle panabaker now if you want to see what you want to know what daniel panabaker has been in what i suggest you do is go and listen to the episode we did on the friday the 13th film because she was in that 
She's uh, been in a lot of films. She's been in quite a few films, uh, but you know, I, I still can't get past the fact that she played Killer Frost in The Flash. Because um, that's what I always see when I see her. There you go. Um, so that's, that's all I did from the cast. But what I will say, the only mention, uh, the extra mention as well, is uh, Lynn Lowry, of course, uh, played uh, Woman on the Bicycle. There's yeah. a scene in this where he's walking through the Smith Center of town and the woman drive, rides across the, the main road. Yeah, singing a very creepy song, which she yep. does so well. And she was also in the original yep. film in 1973, which is you know, a nice little connection. Um, so the synopsis for this says, after a strange and insecure plane crash, an, unusually, an unusual toxic virus enters the quaint, famy a quaint farming town. A young couple are quarantined, but they fight for survival along with help from a couple of people. It's not really a great thing, that it <sighs> but uh, a strange and insecure plane crash. Are they, are they secure plane crashes? No, it's, 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 all, it's really insecure. It doesn't, it, it feels really judgmental about itself and it yeah. doesn't take compliments really well. <laughs> <Very true. laughs> Now I don't know about you, but for me, whereas the original one I I would think of as being a sci-fi film that has some horror elements, this one I think is much more of a horror film with a sci-fi basis. It's been filmed as a horror film. Yeah, it's. I think I do agree. The the, the sort of sci-fi terms terminology, basically just the 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 research they're doing. Well. You think they're doing and the, the sort of drone sort of satellite things is definitely more of a horror based film yeah it's uh yeah the basic premise and the story are the same as as the original uh but there are a lot of differences yeah it, the main difference is the main character doesn't work for the fire department he works for the police department yep <laughs> That's one. That's one of the big differences. Yes. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I I prefer this one more because I think this again because of the fact that it's more of a horror aspect to it. Mm. But because of the fact that it's it's the I don't know the story seemed to flow a lot better. It yeah, didn't seem where it was a lot all over the place. But I don't know. It just I think this one this one grabbed my attention more with the sort of. I don't know the sort of intensity of what was going on it sort of escalated very quickly i, I think one of the things I, I noticed about this is in the in the original film uh they the military come in and they try to um work with the local authorities initially yeah and then, um and then they sort of like say no we're taking over that that's it Whereas with this, they come in and straight away take over. They don't even try to make contact with anyone or tell anyone what's going on. No, it's, they just come straight in and start herding people into. into yeah, it's, it's you only really know what's going on because again, because of the satellite footage, it comes up saying that it needs to be quarantined. You that's the only real yeah sort of explanation to what's going on, and I think that works a lot because of the, the terror you you can see and hear and feel for the people in the town. It's the same thing because you're not. 100% sure what's going on and, and the way they're coming. But the thing is, that, is what I I liked about this is the fact that it's... And obviously, I know I've, I've read a couple of reviews and a lot of people going, oh, it's over-dramatised. Uh, but 
I've also seen certain things in real life where it's not. The mm. quarantine they were doing and trying to sort of base it on whether or not you're infected and what to do and everything like that. I've, I've seen footage of them of people doing that in real life. And you think we did, we did it when COVID was going on, having to quarantine, have to keep away and separated. And if you were going somewhere, you had to be strictly like sort of seeing what was going on and make sure that you were following rules. And this, I think, it's, yeah, okay, there are a lot of bit more drama citation to it, but the sort of whole, oh, they're here to help, but then realising they're not, yeah, I think is is very short. But what I liked about this is the the different different levels of the because obviously he said one of the um, synopsis I've read it definitely says it turns people like it, it brings out more of the psychotic tendencies, and it's the fact that using the phrase psychotic tendencies, people go oh my god and think the worst. But the fact that this film showed the fact that there's different stages and the fact that it affects people differently. Yeah. It might end up at the same place with a lot of people, but yeah. not like 99% of people might end up at the same place, but it's still that one or 2% that, yeah, have dealing with it, but it takes longer to take an effect, but still aware of what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that shows, especially with the deputy, I think shows the fact that he could, he knew that he was slipping, but he was still very aware of what he needed to do. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I mean, the one thing I would say about this, one, one thing that got me was the fact that they gave you more information about the original plane crash. Because in the, in the first one, they just mentioned it in passing. Yeah. Like, I wonder what this is about. Oh, there's this plane crashed into, into a river and, and that river feeds right into our drinking water. You know, and it's kind of like, okay. But they didn't really go into much detail about it. They go into a lot more detail about the crash but a lot less detail about the, what the about the virus and what it is. Yeah, it's it's even quite that's, late it's, on. Yeah, because that's that's sort of it's only really explained by someone that was trying to escape the town. Yeah, they catch what, him and they're like, "This is what it is. This is what like this is why we're doing this." And it's only then that they sort of all the you can see it sort of all the pieces for them come yeah. together. But it's, that was quite late on in the film, really, that they yeah. found out about that, and you find out exactly what the virus is and yeah, what it is, what it's there for, and that. Um, I mean, the acting's good, the, the effects are good. Uh, it, it's very much in the in the style of a, a zombie film in lots of ways, um, and there's a couple of bits that are very much in the style of a kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre style slasher thing, you know. Um, especially the guy with the the pit the uh, the pitchfork, yeah, pitchfork thing, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, I don't know. In a sense, you're not a big fan of. The I don't know. No, it was all right, they, but they they they're both good films, and they're both you know I think they're both good in their own ways, uh, but. It was all right. It's not a film that I would say, oh, you, I, you know, some, if somebody said to me about it, I'd go, yeah, it's not a bad film. I wouldn't say, oh, you got to watch that. It's really good. Yeah, I, I don't, it's, I suppose if it is, I do agree with you there. If it was, if it was a choice between like sort of watching that and watching someone else, it would be quite a hard choice. Like if someone said, oh, I'm putting it on, would you want to watch it? I'd be like, yeah, all right. But yeah, I wouldn't yeah. go, yeah, well, come on, let's go out and definitely watch it. It's, it's one I'd watch if it's on. Yeah. 
I mean, well, I mean, the end of this this one is a lot less ambiguous. <laughs> you know, yeah. There is no, the is, there even is... that it, it sort of is and it isn't because of the fact that you hit you you find out and see what happens to the town, yeah. but then when they then go to the next place, which is meant to be Iowa, yeah, it sort of it it comes out and sees the whole. It needs to be quarantined again, and it's sort of like it's the whole thing of oh, it's got out. You can't contain it. Well, it's, right away. The thing is, I couldn't work out if it was that the virus had got out, or it, they were saying that because they'd got out. Yeah. Well, this is this thing is the fact that it's still the fact that if there's a virus, especially airborne virus, which is what it developed into, yeah. you're not going to be able to contain it just by killing off a population. No. It's no. airborne. That's the point. It's it's going to happen. And the thing is that what I like about this as well, and what the difference is that I think in this is the fact that. There was no real thing for the government and the military to. to they didn't show the fact that they were looking for the, a cure or an immunity to it. They just wanted to stop it. Yeah, absolutely. Where the original they were, they were going. Look, we need to find somebody's immune to be able to get the blood and create a virus. Yes, and I think that's the. It sort of shows as well the different. I think the different. Aspects of what the military, how the military changed. Yeah, especially with the whole we're going to come in and help you to that. This is what needs to be done. If it doesn't get done, we don't care. It needs to be done that way. Yeah. yeah. To stop it spreading. And I, I think that shows it in these films, the fact that there is a different a difference in timelines. Does, I think as much as there's a big gap between remakes, and it's probably one of the biggest ones I've seen, it does show, I think it worked better because of the fact that it's, it's that difference from being like 30, what, 30, 40 years on? Uh, something like that. So the fact that like that, how much things changed? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I agree. As I say, I think they're both. I think they're both good films in their own way. Uh, I think I enjoyed watching the second one more, the remake more. But I think that may be just because I'm more attuned to that style of film, that style of filmmaking. Um. But yeah, they're, they're okay. They're, they're not bad films at all. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't say to people don't watch them. But I, I don't think they're films that I would go out of my way to watch. I have realised though, watching this and watching a few other things with Timothy, one of the realisations why a lot of the films you don't ever see long shots of him. They're always sort of from the waist up. He's got a very straight walk. <laughs> he, he's honestly like. And I don't mean to offend him or any. It, it's sort of that look, that look of walk, that sort of, the, the walk looks sort of like that feeling, you know, when you, you're desperate for the loo and you, you sort of clench in and you walk in that sort of time. And I just, I sat there and just thought to myself, like, you don't ever look like you're in a hurry. No. Even the times where he's walking down the street and he was trying to chase after people, he just didn't seem like he was rushing. And it's just like, I, I sort of understand now why a lot of the films you only ever see him from the waist up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so uh, there you go. It's the two versions of uh, Crazies uh, from 1973 and 2010. Um, so go and check them out yourselves and say, to let us know what you think or if you've seen them before, you know, tell us, yeah. tell us what, you, what you think and what you think about what we've said, you know. I mean, you may, you may feel that we're talking complete border dash border dash border dash wow. or something that your word of the day <laughs> no 
so yes um there you go thank you very much and uh next week next week we have a special uh edition a special holiday edition because next week we will be doing St. Patrick's Day special. Yay! Where we have uh, three short films all based around St. Patrick's Day. And we will be reviewing the film, the original film. No. Leprechaun. Oh, for God. <laughs> So, uh, the only, only film out of that franchise that's any good is Leprechaun in the Hood. We're going to be doing Leprechauns, and there you go. Oh, okay. It should be interesting then. Yes. Uh, so, yes, we're going to do that. <laughs> oh, I think that might be one that I'm, it's just going to be us, definitely. Because I don't think Amy doesn't do. Amy doesn't do horror films that well anyway. I don't think no. Leprechaun's going to be a good film for us to move <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Could be interesting to see, though. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I must admit, I've never seen the original film. I've never wanted to, really, but <laughs> that's what I thought it might be worth doing, just to see what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I've seen. Right, the thing is, I've seen. The first Leprechaun I've seen reluctantly because someone made me watch it, and it was a very long time ago. And See, for me, yeah. it's the fact that it's this horror a horror, horror film with Warwick Davis and um, oh God, I can't remember the name now. From Friends, oh, Thingy from Friends. Thingy from Friends, that helps. Thingy from Friends, what's her name? You know, the one who played Thingy in Friends. Um, oh, Jen uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's worth a laugh. Just, just this, this, this is the whole, uh, to be honest, I know this, is, this goes on to what we can do next week. Yeah. But I love the Leprechaun films mainly for the fact that you see Warwick Davis playing the bad guy. Now, obviously, a lot of people know Warwick Davis from star wars from like harry potter stuff like that yeah willow but seeing him in this as a horror aspect i think is so much better fair enough anyway we shall see we shall see what we shall see so uh thank you very much for being on the show that's okay i'm glad that i could do it <laughs> and uh everybody out there check out the crazies and let us know what you think um we check out timothy's walk and see if i'm wrong never did we have to watch him again timo the elephant um and, uh, <laughs> yes. you say timo the elephant it sounds like a mascot timo the elephant, that's his name, isn't it? and then um yes so we will see you again or you will see us again we will see each other again and uh, things will go on or something isn't that a song probably <laughs> mm. my heart will go on and on and on and on and on, and on. that's 
specific electricity. So, um, until next time, always remember, never forget. Um, bye. Bye. The Cypora Film Podcast. Thank you.